the girls and uh, spending my dimes. The kittens, they like me, cause I'm so cool. Yeah, just step aside, man, I'm from the old school. And now when it uh, comes to dancing, uh, man, I'm no cube. When I start to rockin', yeah, there's an interlude. And when the cats come out with a brand new step, yeah, I got it down pat before they're even hit. Well, sir, I've been here and there, but I tell you, this place is the most. It's uh, got that little something that, uh, yeah, makes it the toast. I guess it's uh, the girls. Yeah, they're all real fine. But uh, what really makes it nice, man, is everyone is all mine. Well, now, uh, I'm the craziest. Yeah, man, I'm a way out. The gals, they all flip when I'm about. Cause they know that I'm the coolest cat in town. Well, man, it Let's face it, I'm the coolest cat around. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Who do we have right now in the studio right now? Hello, are you there? I'm here, I'm here. Uh, hello, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Please uh, actually... I'm trying to be here. Please explain, who are you? Well, I'm, uh, I'm Eddie J, uh, crazy Eddie J, the, the crazy Vancouver record collector. And Ed, what are we going to do today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show? Well, we're going to start it off with some some uh, weird oddball records like uh, like the one we just heard there, Jay Blue, uh, and the coolest, the coolest cat around. You must have been talking about us, one Nardware. Well, this particular show is going to be titled Oddball. We're going to have a little oddball, Ed's oddball closet, right, Ed? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, Maybe well, a bit of background on Jay Blue and about what we're going to play coming up as I queue up the next record to go. Well, um, we're going we're gonna to be playing a, a couple things that uh, come uh, from the risque um, pile. We're going we're gonna to play 40s risque. Actually, we're going to play a Ruth Wallace tune called The Admiral's Daughter, which was very naughty back in uh, well, like 49 or 47, whenever it first came out. Um, she's actually quite an interesting uh, gal because she was the first woman to own her own record label. She started off on the, the deluxe uh, record label, which was a label out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, that had the best of everybody, including the best of their, there are a lot of the risque people as well. But they also had a fabulous uh, 
hillbilly uh, roster, R&B roster, doo-wop roster, rockabilly roster. It's just phenomenal the the people that, that were on that label and then all sort of faded away. And then by the, the mid-60s, they only had one star left on their label. Guess who that was, Nardware? I'm not sure. I'm just kind of fixated on the actual label that's on that actual record price one dollar and five cents i love that i've never actually seen it written on a record that's right well that's because it was risque and uh so you had to pay the premium i actually got this record from uh harrison's record store in seattle and i was looking through the the ladies book and uh, that was the the uh, schematic uh, you would look through the book and when you saw something you were interested in you would ask her to to get the record for uh, for you as long as it did wasn't a big x in front of it which meant that they were sold out so guess what she's going to get this record for uh, for me she goes under the counter and pulls out a box of records from under the counter. That's exactly how it was done back in the 50s. If you wanted a, a record for, for, from uh, by Ruth Wallace, it was under the counter. And you're going to get it on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show right now, too. Not well, under the counter, over the counter, through the airs. But what was the answer to the question that you asked me? Remember you said one big artist? Yeah, that was somebody you talked to. James Brown? Yes. Really? Yes. They they had all this magnificent roster, and they lost all the, all the artists until the only one they had left was James Brown. He carried that company single-handedly for like a half a decade. Um, we're going to start off uh, with uh, a record by the Toppers, the original version of Baby, Let Me Bang Your Box. And uh, th- this is... Uh, th- what this, is the full title, though? If you could read, well, the full title is "Let Me Play Your." No, this, the full title is "Baby, Let Me Bang Your Box" uh, by the Toppers. But I thought in brackets on top it says "Let Me Play Your Piano Box." It says oh, that. Oh well, the record's queued up, and I don't get to look at it. Well, I'll anymore. go check that. Well, you explain well, a bit more about the tune. Well, I just wanted to say that I've got a friend living down in uh, San Diego, and one day he calls me up and he said, "Ed, I was talking to a DJ in uh, in L.A., and he wants to put together a risque." Uh, radio program how about some suggestions and I said well baby let your bang your box and he just freaked out he said wow that's over the top and uh, and then anyway so we uh, we went ahead and did some others uh, actually um, there was a, a kind of a uh, a garage uh, punk version done uh, done of this uh, in the early 60s but this is the original by the Toppers from and in, 1954. And in brackets it says, I love to play your piano. Oh, of course, yes. Let, let me bang your... Baby, let me bang your box. On Ed Lasco's Oddball Connection on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Well, my baby gave a party for the other night the party was getting dead. I spied a piano in the corner Looked at my baby and said Baby, let me bang your box Baby, let me bang your box Baby, let me play your A Gonna play till the whole house rock When I was young, they called me Piano Bill When I was young, they called me Piano Bill 
thinks you'll try sabotage So he's devised a little camouflage Everyone says it's a real slick trick He's got it painted red and white Like a peppermint stick Ship boy, sailor boy Don't you get too springy The Admiral's daughter waits down by the water She's out to grab your dinghy Just got a flash from the naval base The big maneuver, it just took place She finally grabbed him by the pier He got in too deep with his landing gear There was quite a battle, they'll be held to pay Cause he sang his dinghy Singing anchors away Listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with guest DJ Eddie J. Hello, Ed. Howdy, Ed. 
What did we just hear there? Something from the 49th state record label that you'd been looking for for years? Well, I was looking for for just any record that was on the 49th state label just so I could hang it on the wall because it's just kind of a cool label to look at. But when when I found that one, actually, I found that one more... Let's see, that was probably about 1990. I found it in Duncan. And uh, and then, of course, when I played it, I kind of freaked out. And uh, that's got to be the, the coolest bunch of cops ever because that was the Honolulu Police Glee Club. That's a long way from Vancouver, baby. And, yes. you, and you wanted to point out something about the slap bass on there. Yeah, it's got slap bass in there. I told a rockabilly collector I got a 49th state with Ulilia by the Honolulu Police Glee Club with slap bass in it, and it just about fell over. I couldn't believe it. And before that, we heard some Ruth Wallace, and we heard Bang Your Box as well by... By the Toppers, the original from 1954. And I was commenting to you about the fidelity of Ruth Wallace. Maybe you can explain to the people, Eddie J. And I, we've changed the name of the show now to Under the Counter. The fidelity of Ruth Wallace and the fidelity of some of these, right? Right, because uh, we're using a 0.7 needle, uh, millimeter needle. And the grooves in these uh, records from the 50s to the early 60s, even to the, to the mid-60s, those grooves... Grooves are all 1.1 millimeter. So, in other words, we got some groove slop going on there, and uh, and actually the fidelity that we're reproducing here is just amazing. Especially when you consider these are mono records and we're playing them in stereo. So the the the, the reproduction is actually very good, very very good. And actually, it is aided and embedded by the fact that most of these records really are in pretty good shape. Eddie J, speaking of sloppy things, we're heading to the outhouse. Yes, we're going to the outhouse. This is going to be the contest, and this is real. This is the outhouse record label, and uh, and this is the farting contest. Out of there, friends and neighbors, it is our pleasure, the radio station W-I-N-D, together with the R-F-A-A. The International Farters Association of America brings to you, alive from Luke Dillman's Tobacco Warehouse, the first farting tournament of the season. Boy, I tell you, this warehouse is packed to the rafters, waiting for the opponents to enter the arena. Wait, wait a minute, I think we'll get some action now. Hell, here, here comes the champion, that's right, our own champion right here from Blue Coat County, walking right down the aisle, Healing Coda. Oh, you can hear this crowd is going nuts. <laughs> From the other side of the arena is the challenger. Here comes the challenger, Elmer Atkins from Titusville, Tennessee. Oh, he's a pine-strapping young man. And, and as you can hear, friends and neighbors, this tobacco warehouse is going wild. Whee! <laughs> there, there's the bell. There's the bell to start to come. Thais and both men are turning up the center of the ring. Two men now. Are, are taking off their tear cloth robes and, and, the, and the emblem. The emblem is right on the back. The emblem of the IFAA. That's the International Fortress Association of America. You know, underneath, underneath Thielen's robe is a red pair of sharks. Wait, look at them things. Red hot they are. That's the kind you swim in, you know. With, with, with the exception, there's a six inch hole. There's a six inch hole right in the rear exposing his acidary. And, and, and now El- Elmer Ike in shorts is white. Challenge getting ready there. 
Uh, and and he's, gri he's gripping the farting pole. Gripping the farting pole with a pair of hands. Boy, it looked like I could bust up that doggone pole. Um, he, he's, pre he's preparing himself now. You can hear, you can hear a pin drop in this, this tobacco warehouse. Here, here it comes. Here it comes now. <coughs> oh, that, that was a, a triple Tennessee weeper. That's good for 25 points. <coughs> and there's another. There's another Tennessee weeper. Another 25 point. Oh, followed by one, two, two. Oh, wait a minute. Three Fayetteville Fuzzy Falls. How about that, boy? I tell you. If, if it's out of this world that, that, that this man can change his pace and, and just by shifting his acidur get the things that he wants. Now I, I call that real control. He's a, 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 a he's wait, he's holding he's gripping the, the, the farting pole again. He's gripping that farting pole. Let's see now. Look at the board here. Mr. Ikins at this time has a score of 65 points. Those last fuzzy farts were five points apiece. <laughs> There's a Birmingham blunderbuss. And that, that's a follow-up Birmingham blunderbuss. Goodness sakes, that's the first time now, that's the first time a follow-up blunderbuss has been achieved since 1936. How about that there, boy? That's, that's something else. And, and, and that, was, that was by a contestant by the name of Grinelda Thurmer. That was her name, Grinella Thurmer. She was the only woman to participate in, in this sport. And, and, and then it was a tragedy. For as she let fly, as she let fly with a follow-up blunderbuss, a, a gentleman lit a cigar at ringside. Oh, uh, it, it was a disaster. And that's what it did. Disaster. It, it blew away half the ring, killed two spectators, and injured about 40 others. And that, that, that's just the reason why you see these large no-smoking signs all over this arena. Well, whee, boy, this is really something else today. It's an exciting as you can get, I'll tell you. Let's see, now it's, uh, let's see. Now, uh, uh, the score is 105. A uh, uh, blunderbuss is 10 points. But a follow-up blunderbuss, <laughs> that's 30 points. Uh, I think that's just about going to do it for, for Mr. Iken. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. There's two fuzzy farts. That gives him another ten points. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't believe the challenger is done yet. Wait a minute, Neil. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, oh, that was a Fort Campbell fluke. Just a little fluke, worth only about, about two points, I believe. That's all it's worth. And, and, and a very dangerous fart to master. And, and there's another. Four flukes. There's, uh, let me tell you, there's a very dangerous, there's a very dangerous part to try and, and get there because it, it, out of nowhere you can just drop an axe. Uh, uh, boy, it, it, <laughs> you got to say the challenger is sure putting up a fighting finish. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he's, uh, wait a minute now, hold it. Oh, he's, he's throwing up his hands. Now that's, that's the signal he's finished. And boy, you can hear, boy. This crowd is going nuts. That's the challenger, Elmer Atkins. He has 123 points. Hey, look, he's throwing up his hands and his arms. He's going up in the gesture of being the champion. And although he is now, it won't be for long, though, baby.
they say that I'm too old I guess I'm coming up for nine Me curly hair is getting thin It's all them women and wine But I'm also ashamed It's been three weeks since I had A record in the top 20 pop It hurts me when I think says out At eight I was top of the pole They screamed every time I just opened me mouth And rocked in the aisles with me roll Now I'm oh so ashamed They all say me discs are flops Cause I haven't got a record In a top 20 pops I've tried oohs and I've giggled I've rocked it and I've skiffled I've sung an old song and not no one could make out a word It's a truth I've clapped me hands till the blood run I've had echo till me head spun Till me head spun, till me head spun But they say you're too old, too long in a tooth Give us you I've had me break down in the papers Dyed me air a luminous green I wobble me hips in sexy like capers And me sideboards meet under me chin But I'm oh so ashamed It's been three weeks since I had A record in the top 20 pops I've held eye notes real classy Till me eyes went all glassy I've sung a duet with myself, nearly ruptured me throat <laughs> I've tried humming and not drumming I've broke ten guitars with me strumming But it always turns out some Charlie has done it before <laughs> What's the matter with me platters? They say I should try a new kick but me nerves is hanging in tatters I've done me nut till I'm fair off me wick And I'm so ashamed It's been three weeks since I had A record in the top 20 pops Me discs are slipping I haven't got a record in the top He's entering the ring, he's entering the ring now. He's extending out his hand to the challenger there. They're both shaking hands, as they do. And Thielen now proceeds to walk over to the, the farting pole, and he's gripping the farting pole. He's gripping the farting pole right, right away. The people, you can hear, uh, they begin to quiet down. Right? Now look at that, they're just getting as quiet now. <laughs> oh, you should see the expression of determination on this man's face. Let me tell you, it's a really something to see. Oh, it, I think that was a sizzling sidewinder. That's what they call it. And there's another. And there's a third. That's that worth the 20 points apiece. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine 30 points in his first, first, no, that's 60 points. I'm wrong about that. In his first 30 seconds. Goodness sakes, that's what makes a champion. Raise it. Boy, let me tell you. Wait a minute. There, there's one, two, three, four, 
fuzzy forts. Yes, sir, four fuzzy forts. That that makes that makes a score now. That makes a score uh, 80 points. Wait a minute, hold. He's concentrating real hard now. <laughs> and 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 he has a kind of a funny look on his face there. Uh, his face shows real determination. He seems to he seems to be straining a little bit now. Wait a minute. Hold hold a minute. So, something's wrong. Here's a his attendant is entering the ring. Uh, uh, he's, yes, he's in some kind of trouble, and, and the judges are coming in now. Um, uh, oh, wait, wait, there goes a signal. Oh, that was a flotter. Oh, bad luck, feeling. Believe me, bad luck for it. He, he'll be, he'll be penalized now. Fifteen points for that. Let, let's see now. That, that, that puts him back to sixty-five points. Boy, that's hard luck, I'll tell you. Wait a minute. Well, he's come back again. He's gonna try that. That's what makes a champion better. I tell you, is here he comes. As you can see now, boy, he's sure he's sure being a little more careful this time. Waving hold it, here it comes. Oh, he's really showing determination. Wait, what was that? What was that? That's a. Terre Haute Tornado. How about that? Oh, a beautiful piece of artistry. If I ever seen some, look at that. Whee! Boy, what a wonderful control that is. That, that, that's wonderful control, I'll tell you. A very hard part to do without flotching. You, you, you either, either flotch or you just out and out drop the max. And now let's see now. Uh, that, 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 still, that puts him there. Let's see, that's still 30 points. Uh, that that takes stealing up to about 95 points. You can you can feel it getting very tense here now. It's really getting tense over this tobacco warehouse. There there's a triple Somerset Cinder. That's what they call that. Followed by a single Tennessee Weeper. Yes. Wait a minute. There goes a sign. That's what the judge says it is. A Tennessee Weeper. Well, well, <laughs> it just I think it's just about all over now. But the shout, I tell you, because. Let's see now, uh, the feeling he has 120 points. That's just about three points less than a challenger. And then all he needs now is a fuzzy fart or two little flukes. Two little flukes. Uh, a champion's, champion's grabbing, grabbing the farting pole again. Uh, wait a minute now. It's getting so quiet. It's, you can hear it now. It's really getting quiet here. Oh, there it was, a, a fluke. Just, just a, a little two-point fluke. <laughs> but, but one more of those, boy, and, and the challenger's hopes go right down the drain. <laughs> boy, feeling is, is getting ready now. Getting ready again. Wait. Wait a minute now. He's, you can feel the tense. Boy, it's really getting tense in here. He's gripping the farting pole. Veins are, veins are starting to pop out on his head now. <laughs> and you, you can see a little trickle of sweat rolling down his temples. Yes, you can see it now. That's, that's t let me tell you, boy, it's getting tense. Uh, boy, it's really a tense moment in this tobacco warehouse. If he can just, if he can just make this one more, one more little fuzzy, maybe, or just a fluke, he'll be tall hog at the trough tonight. <laughs> boy, this'll be the night of nights for Thielen, I tell you. He's getting ready now. He can, he can feel it. Here it comes. Wait, wait now, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I think he's 
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, minus 88.5 now, actually, on the cable dial, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. What did we just hear right there, Eddie J, on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show? Well, the last thing we aired was uh, part two of the, of the contest by Clarence Lewes on the Outhouse record label and you insisted that we play both sides of that oh we had to we had to to hear that uh how the champion was disqualified there because um he shot (laughs) and it actually has a picture sleeve that particular record what year is that from and who did it um well we sort of think it was early 60s um who clarence loses but uh, you know it's probably just a stage name we don't really know that now, nothing much is known about that. Actually, if I would have brought out the pig sleeve, which I didn't because there's no cameras here, I would have brought it out if there would have been a camera. But there might be some information on the sleeve. But uh, and you've been I, looking I for that record that. for years. Beg your pardon. You'd been looking for that record for years. Yes, uh, another record collector played it for me, and I'd been looking for it for a long time. And then when I finally found it, I was lucky enough to get the pig sleeve for it. And uh, since then, it's been oh, it's been. Yeah decade or more since i've seen a copy for sale and in between uh part one and part two we actually heard peter sellers uh the the famous uh comedian actor from april 1959 doing i'm i'm so ashamed because it's been three weeks since i've had a record on the top 20 pops and I particularly pops or whatever it was. And I played the wrong track there too, didn't I? Well, Ed? next week I'll come back and we'll we'll play the right track, which is going to be a drop of the hard stuff, which is a wonderful thing that ends up in a complete melee. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Well, I guess to start all over again, to enter a new little segment here on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, Ed has brought in a whole bunch of other records, so I guess we'll start all over again to begin this segment of saying, who are you? Well, it's Eddie J here, uh, Crazy Eddie from uh, from Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Hello, Ed. Good to see you again. Well, hi, Nordwar. Thank you for having me back on the show. And what do we have coming up right now? Well, Rarest of the Rare, volume number four. Could you please explain? Well, we're going to play $1,000 U.S. Rockabillies versus extremely rare Canadian rock and rollers. Which are expensive, too, in some ways. Oh, some of them are... Uh, uh, are expensive and some of them are not so expensive to just uh, impossible to find but you do find a lot of rare records don't you for keep, a penny right for I, a penny well I, I keep my nose to the grindstone every once in a while I'm uh, rewarded by by capturing a, a, an extremely rare extremely good record for an extremely low price you actually bid on the stoneman but didn't get it the stoneman from Moncton New Brunswick right Yes, that went for a thousand dollars plus. If, if I remember correctly, I don't. Did you write it down? It was twelve forty-eight that it went for. Twelve forty-eight. The Stoneman Canadian Fuzz Garage Freakout from nineteen sixty-six. And these are the stories you don't like to hear afterwards. This is from Mike Melanson from Bad Luck Thirteen from Moncton, New Brunswick. Speaking of the Stoneman, I finally found a copy of the Stoneman single last year at a yard sale in a small village about one hour 
hour north of Moncton. And from what I gathered, it was bought from a friend of the stoneman's father. It's in pretty decent shape. I was very happy to get it. Not too many things left on my want list for my vinyl collection. That was on your list, wasn't it, Ed? No, I never had it on my list. Uh, actually, I collect from about 64 to, uh, to about 56. That was the beginning of Canadians doing rock and roll records. Actually, um, well, I guess a little bit earlier, uh, a person uh, um, known as uh, Dorothy Collins, uh, that was her stage name, she actually did... Uh, uh, a rock and roll record in '55. She had a, She had. The, she was the first Canadian to have a, a a hit rock and roll record. She covered uh, Boyd Bennett's "My Boy Flat Top." And uh, let's see. After that, we had uh, we had the Diamonds, and uh, they were doing some some rock and roll things. So they didn't have her a hit until they started recording for Mercury, but they were on Coral before then. And there was there was a couple other uh, Canadian rock and roll gals. Um, it was um, uh, let's see, right? What was her name now? Patricia Wright. Uh, she had a big hit with a, a man in a raincoat, and she opened for Elvis Presley in '55. She did a, a rock a rock and roll record um, uh, in the beginning of '56. That's your specialty, Ed, remembering Canadian rock. But today, not only are you remembering Canadian rock, some rare U.S. rockabillies, rarest of the rare. And what do we have coming up right now? To, thousand, begin, thousand. Rare, to begin rarest of the rare, number four, U.S. rockabillies versus Canadian rock and rollers. Well, this is a record uh, by the Sonics from, um, from uh, Minneapolis, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, right? Uh, this record uh, is so rare that uh, there has been no copies sold in the last five years. And if a copy came up, it would be uh, probably two thousand dollars plus. Uh, this this record is not only of interest to rockabilly fans, but it is also called the first garage record. Um, I can't really comment on that because I I have no idea when it came out. What about the rockabilly connection? What's the interest there? Well, it's of interest to to rockabillies as well as uh, garage collectors. It's just one of those records that uh, captures imaginations of, uh, of of both groups of people. Rarest of the rare, a volume four on the Nardwuar Human Serviette with guest DJ Eddie J. U.S. rockabillies versus Canadian rockin' roll. Here's the Sonics.
together now, let's pick. My baby doll could say to me, you're nothing but old misery, and you make me sick just by being here. Could even say, go take a stroll down some long old lonesome road, but her words would still be music to my ears. She could even say, just where to go, any place way down below, and don't come back for a million, million years. She could even say, oh Satan man, would be disgraced with me on hand, the word still be music to my ears. Get out of here Do something nice for the human race Go see what's out in outer space But her words will still be music to my ears She could even slap me down and then Say don't get up till I tell you when I'd lay right there, happy to be near but there's just one thing that I can say I'll love her till my dying day And her word will still be music to my ears We done pick. Hey baby, jump over here when you do the ooby dooby I wanna be near ooby dooby
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with rarest of the rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers with guest DJ Eddie J. Now, Eddie J, rarest of the rare, Roy Orbison? That was Roy Orbison's first record. Then That was prior to his recording, or re-recording, rather, the same uh, tune for the Sun Record Company of Memphis, Tennessee. So if you know Ubi Doobie, you'll notice some slight differences in that one. That's right, because this is the original track. And you were saying your pocketbook would notice the difference, too, because it was $1,100, very good, plus? Um, no, for, for only very good. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, the rule of thumb is that uh, a record in VG, which means very good, but is actually a misnomer, uh, a record in VG condition is not in very good condition at all. Um, but uh, a record in VG sold for $1,100. Um, that was a while ago. I would uh, imagine that uh, a mint minus copy of, uh, of Ubi Doobie by Roy Orbison on the original label, which was the Jewel label, would probably go for upwards of $2,500 U.S., and before that, we heard Speck and Doyle. That's right. That was a, just a very obscure rockabilly record. Hey, you, uh, and no copies have shown up in the last five years. No sales in the last five and a half years. That's I love right. that. No sales in the last five and years. And that's the same with uh, the Sonics, uh, Marlene by the Sonics. Uh, no sales in the last five and a half years. That means anybody that's got a copy has cl- clutched it to their bosom and said, like, hell, I'll part with this. And coming up right now, we're going to play a record that doesn't even exist, does it, Ed? Well, that's it, that's the way it is, but I, or that's the way it's purported to be. But I wanted to say one more thing about Roy Orbison. You know, when it, when uh, when he cut Ubi Doobie for the Sun Record Company, it was a hit record. But you know, his uh, his next records that came out for Sun were not hit records. You know. And and actually, Roy, on the strength of his one-hit record, went out and bought two Cadillacs. He bought a pink one and a black one. But after his next records all flopped, he couldn't afford to drive his Cadillacs. And and not only that, but the guys started to make fun of him because he was a kind of a funny-looking kid anyway. His ears kind of stuck out for, from his head. So people used to kind of make fun of poor Roy, and they would say, Oh, here comes Ubi. Hey, Ubi! How you doing, Ubi? Since the last time you were on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, Ed Lasko, and we're here with Rarest of the Rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers, a few people have passed away, namely Johnny Otis, Edda James, Kearney Barton, Sean Bonniewell, Jerry Lieber, Ken Morrow, Johnny Preston, and... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Bob Davies coming up. Oh, Bob Davies. Yeah, why wouldn't I know that? Of course, Bob Davies. You know, Bob... Um, and this and, is the and, record that doesn't exist. Maybe a bit of background on that, please, Ed. Well, you know, I, I one time I was talking to... Uh, Who is Bob Davies, I should say? Well, where to start? Um... Bob Davies, um, in 1956, Bob uh, had his own band. He was from, uh, yeah, I think he was born in Montreal, but he grew up in Laval. And he hooked up with um, another guy from Laval, uh, um, Little Billy, Billy Mason. And the, the band went down to New York, and they were the first uh, Canadian rock and roll band, self-contained band, to cut rock and roll records. 
and uh, they got themselves uh, an audition with um, with uh, Rammer Records, and Rammer in turn put them on to Alan Freed. And guess what? Within a, within a week, they were playing the Apollo Theater in Harlem as part of uh, the Alan Freed program. Um, they made a big deal of that in the, in the Buddy Holly movie when, when Holly played the Harlem, uh, you know, a year later. Well, guess what? Canadians were playing it a year earlier. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah, so at any rate, uh, now I was talking to um, one of the premier record dealers in Toronto, and uh, we were discussing this record, and he assured me it doesn't exist on in 45 format, so I was just hoping to find a 78, because it's extremely rare in either form, and all of a sudden, up pops this... 45 and I couldn't believe it um, it's ex extremely rare and uh, I found it on eBay that it wasn't um, branded as a rockabilly record so I managed to get it extremely cheap so this was a real good score in fact this was my best score of 2011 and and Bob did pass away just last year again right now we have Bob Davies with rock to the music Rarest of the Rare, number four with Eddie J. Yeah. 
just the same till I pull right into my daddy's lane. I'm a roll it and skip out the marble, rattle, ramble, and roll. You can hear the humming on the old sawmills And of the mountain the boys be hauling coal Well, I guess they got about what it takes They never worry about the bricks And they just better skip hop and wobble Rattle, ramble and roll And you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Still, I hope. And we still have Eddie J. Eddie J, what did we just hear on Rarest of the Rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers? That was Artie and the Mustangs. Um, uh, that was a, co- a cover of a Jimmy Martin record uh, that was originally uh, Bluegrass. Uh, but that was just a wonderful cut. Um, he's from uh, New Brunswick, I think, one of, one of those uh, Atlantic provinces, but I think New Brunswick. Um, actually, I found an American uh, selling that that record uh, for cheap uh, in North Grosvenor, Connecticut. That's where my copy came from. Um, every once in a while, these uh, Canadian records end up uh, south of the border. Um, now, uh, an, an English fella had uh, a copy for sale. It's kind of funny. He had it listed, I think, minimum bid 50 bucks. Nobody bought it. He relisted it, and guess what? It sold for a hundred and a half. And speaking of money again, this is cha-ching. We have some big cha-ching coming up, don't we, Ed? Well, we're going to play another $1,000 American rockabilly record. Um, Gene Terry. Gene Terry. This one's called The Woman I Love. Where did, where did you say it was from, Port Arthur? Mint dollars it goes for in mint it went for 2058 Port Arthur, Texas. That's right. Are you are you going to keep track of uh, how much these records are worth? I guess we I guess we can't because it was a couple of them we, we can't even uh, we can't even guess uh, how much they'd be worth the, that syrup bu- well, bucket record and uh, and uh, Just eyeballing it here we're at least up to about probably 6000 bucks. Oh, at least. Because we throw in the value of the Bob Davies and also like the Speck and Doyle one, no copies ever showing up. That's got to be quite a bit of money. And the same same thing with uh, the Sonics, no copies uh, sold in the last five years. Okay, let's hear it, Gene this is Terry. Anything about Gene Terry though? Aside don't from know Port a Arthur. doggone thing about him. Is just a weird old crazy musician doing wild rockabilly. Rare to the rare number number four. 
woman I love, she just don't pay me no mind. I'm almost crazy and I'm almost out of my mind. Now this little chicky chicky looks so fine. She keeps me worried all of the time. She's a woman I love and she just don't pay me no mind. She's a woman I love and she just don't pay me no mind. She loves me like a glass of cherry wine. I'm almost crazy and I'm out of my mind. Baby, keep me guessing all the time She's a woman I love and you just don't pay me no mind Thank <laughs> you. 
Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with rarest of the rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers with guest DJ Eddie J. Crazy Ed. Ed, what did we just hear there? Well, that was Billy Wayne, and uh, that's another record that uh, there's been very few sales on. Uh, the last one went for over a thousand dollars, and that was a few years ago. Um, chances are, if a mint minus copy were to sell today, it would probably be $2,500 range. And before that? What, before that, Some Larry we, play, Terry. we played Larry Terry, Hepcat. Um, let's see. And before that, Gene Terry. And another Terry, Gene Terry from Port Arthur, Texas. Coming up right now, we have the Canadian portion. The prices there again were the Larry Terry, 2,119, and the Gene Terry, 2,058. And you're saying Billy Wayne was probably 1,000 plus. Yes, uh, probably uh, more like 2500 for for a mint minus copy. And that uh, price for the Larry Terry, that was for a VG Plus copy, so a mint minus copy would be even more. And you get a lot of your records off eBay nowadays, don't you, Ed? Just about everything comes from eBay. Uh, once in a while I pick up something that's non-eBay, but uh, probably a good 90% of my records come from, uh, from eBay. And you had some interesting discoveries on eBay recently, like Chad Allen and the Express. Rare Holland issue. What was that about? Well, that was about a pick sleeve um, uh, that that came with a a 1965 record, uh, their version of Tossing and Turning, the old Bobby Lewis classic from uh, about circa 61. But yeah, there was a Dutch uh, issue with a pick sleeve, a gorgeous pick sleeve. Also, the Regents, too, going places with the Regents. I paid through the nose for it. What was that record about, and what is it like? Well, um, now we're getting off the beaten track here with with this, but uh, I've got a, a weird. Uh, are you referring to my weird uh, Regents record with a with a time check on the flip side? Is that what you're talking about? There? Yes. 
Uh, Me and You, that was a hit record. Uh, at least it was a hit record in Toronto. Um, but let's get away from Toronto. Let's talk about Les Tasher because we're going to play a Les Tasher record. Uh, he so was, we're entering the Canadian section now. Yes, uh, he was, uh, well, I was just going to say, he's, uh, I think he was from Montreal. Um, actually, uh, I've been looking for his first record, like, it seems like forever now, because it's been decades, and I've never got a whiff of it. Um, actually, though, the one and only time I ever saw a copy for sale was from, um, from Washington State, and it was gone before I got there. And that was the only time that, that I'd ever seen a copy for sale. It's been decades now, it just never comes up. But, um... Uh, he, after a while, he started his own label. He called it uh, Canada International. He put two uh, two records out on the Canada International label, and then he disappeared. And it wasn't until I found this next record that uh, we found out whatever happened to Les Tasher. He went down to Hollywood. And uh, he changed his record label from Canada International to Hollywood International. And uh, and this is an extremely rare record that came out on that label. Um, I also found a second copy of it, and and one the original is on a black label, and the second copy was on a red label, and it came with a pick sleeve, so I I know what the cat looks like. And you only paid 110 for it. Where'd you get that one, Ed? Well, that came from France, actually. I got it from a, a famous uh, uh, French. Uh, uh, record dealer Pascal Perot. Any any uh, rockabilly collectors out there will probably know Pascal. He also uh, comes up with bootleg records as well. And the second copy uh, of the record, I got it from uh, Lakewood, California. That one cost me uh, well about fifty bucks. Rarest of the rare, U.S. rockabillies versus Canadian rock and rollers, and here's a Canadian rock and roller, Les Tasher with. Probably the first time it's being played on Canadian uh, radio. This one's called Don't Stop Me From Loving You. You can treat me good. Oh, treat me bad.
to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show with rarest of the rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies with versus Canadian rock and rollers with, the word with is really important, that's why I mention it, Eddie, Eddie J. Guest DJ Eddie J. Thanks, Eddie J. for bringing all these records, all 45s. Yeah, we're old school around here today. On the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. And what did we hear that just was pa- now? That was Pat Hervey's uh, rarest record. That was uh, Lonesome Trail, a, a really great teener. Uh, put out by the Chateau um, record company from Montreal. I think she was originally from Toronto, though. And then, uh, of course, in later years, she's been living in Vancouver, British Columbia. And... Uh, her last gig as a professional musician was playing bass to Oliver Gannon, who also doubles as her husband, and um, was an extremely fine guitar player. And before that? And before that, what what did we play Les before Tasher. that? that? That was Les Tasher, Don't Stop Me From Loving You. Um, and actually, uh, that was came out on the Hollywood International label, and I've got a late one from him. Uh, it was about... 67 and he was working with Chuck Rio uh, also known as Danny Boy also known as Danny Flores um, who wrote the original uh, Tequila as recorded by the Champs and uh, he had a million seller with with him there. He didn't have too much luck uh, uh, working with Les Tasher though. And right now we're going to have some American rockabillies Sunny West $826 Ed. 
Yeah, the, um, a fantastic uh, rare, rare record. Um, this was recorded uh, by Norman Petty, who also was uh, Buddy Holly's manager. This was uh, recorded in his Clovis, New Mexico studio. Sonny West is, uh, you know, perhaps best remembered for uh, for writing "Rave On," which was. Uh, um, a, a huge hit for for Buddy Holly and the Crickets, and, um, and but Sonny West also did his own version, uh, which came out on Atlantic. But this is uh, what we're going to hear now is uh, a tune called "Rock Ole Ruby," um, which came out on um, Norman Petty's uh, own record label called the Norva Jack record label. Now, Norman Petty had a record label. Of course, there's Sun Records. You, Ed, you always go on about Roy Hall and a whole lot of shaking going on. I want to ask you about that. whole lot of shaking going on. Well, you know, Roy Hall claims that he, he wrote that. And, uh, and I, to my research, I think he just stole it. Uh, I just recently saw, saw uh, an original... Uh, 45 by Roy Hall, which came out on the Decca label. And uh, there was no um, co-writer credit to uh, a a mythological Sonny David, which was an alias for uh, that very same Roy Hall. Yeah, so I think he stole it. And we have a caller. Are you there, caller? Oh, it's the feedback caller. (laughs) <laughs> this Ed is the feedback caller. He's always there. It's just reassuring to know. Listen, every show, the feedback caller is there. Thank you, caller. Isn't it great, Ed, to know to you? Do, 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 do. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And right now, again, we're going to play for you on the American Rockabilly Rare section, an $826 record by... And and that's in lousy shape. This is Sunny West. Rockola Ruby. There's a rockin' girl Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Give me that feeling I don't wanna never lose Well, when Ruby plays the jukebox At the record pop That's a cue for all the cats To do the crazy bop Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Give me that feeling I don't wanna never lose Way down in your soul Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Rock, call a ruby, rock away my blues Give me that feeling I don't want to never lose Well, me 
Charlie's bring your dancing shoes. We're gonna dance till we rock away our blues. Rock all the ruby, rock away my blues. Yeah, rock all the ruby, rock away my blues. Give me that feeling I don't wanna never lose. Well, shake, rattle, roll, rock all the 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 shake. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with guest DJ Eddie. Eddie J and Ed, guess what, Nardwar? Eddie J blew it because we got one more in the can. Let's play it right now. This is Don Willis and Boppin' High School Baby. Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with guest DJ. It's Eddie J. And Eddie, what have we done today? What have we done today? Well, we really did something. I'll tell you that that one was uh, not just a thousand dollar American rockabilly, but that one is uh, considered by an awful lot of uh, rockabillies to be the best rockabilly ever. 
That was Don Willis and Boppin' High School, baby. You know... Do we have a price on that? Because that was kind of the whole point of the show, wasn't it, Ed? Well, there was so many of them we played today that we just can't price because there has been no sales on them. But uh, um, one of the... Actually, one of the last sales uh, was a, a, a VG Minus. That's just a terrible copy, and it's still sold for $1,112 for a terrible copy. And you're saying prices have gone up the roof this year? Yes, since since last fall, uh, a lot of pri- a lot of records uh, have just jumped in value. It's just incredible. It's a good time to be selling your records, folks. So phone me up right now and sell me your rare rockabilly. Yeah, how do people get in touch with you, Ed? <laughs> What's your email? Well, well uh, and what well, does it mean? Oh, it's too long and uh, cumbersome. Okay, well, just contact me, Nardwar at Nardwar.com, and we'll pass you on to Ed. N a r d w u a r Nardwar at Nardwar.com. Rarest of the rare, number four. Coming to the end here of Rarest of the Rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers. We're going to end here with the Canadian Rock and Rollers. Well, I want to tell you a story. You know, in 1990, I was down in Memphis, Tennessee, and I walked into a, to a record store, and I was poking along, and, uh, you know, I was kind of pretty much minding my own business, and all of a sudden, the owner of the store comes up to me, and he real argumentatively he says... Don Willis's Boppin' High School Baby was the best rockabilly ever. And I kind of th- stood there and thought about it for a second, and then I reached out, grabbed his hand, and shook it, and said, I can't think of anything I like better. And he looked at me. He was really disgusted. He wanted an argument. He, t- he walked away, but before he walked away, he said, I've owned more copies of that record than anybody. Well, of course, he's got a re- record store in Memphis, and that's where the record came from. Well, I oh, come to you for information, Ed. I like when people ask you stuff. People always come up to you asking you stuff, and people also come up to you asking advice. And I wondered to you, because I found that Crew Cut 78, Earth Angel Coco Mo, and I thought that was like super rare. Is it very rare? A Crew Cut 78? Well, actually, it wasn't uh, because that was a hit record, uh, so they sold a lot of copies. It's actually uh, Kokomo is a um, a cover of um, of an R and B record, and um, and actually in those early d- years, uh, all those records are considered to be um, you know kind of a white bread uh, version of a, uh, of a whole wheat. Uh, <coughs> um, Item with more substance, so yeah, they're they're considered to be pop records uh, as opposed to uh, rock and roll or rhythm and blues. Right now, to end the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, we have two Canadian tunes left to go here. What are they? Street Fight and Oscar Peterson. Well, um, Oscar Peterson. Imagine uh, the the uh, the jazz virtuoso doing R and B. That's the way we're going to end it up. Um, and with him doing a, a thing that that's just a gas called mumbles, and uh, and the vocal is done by Clark Terry, and um, but right now we're going to be playing uh, a fellow name. Uh, his name was actually Barry Weaver, um, or Derry Weaver rather. Um, uh, he wrote. Um, uh, a, a surf classic, Moondog, which was recorded by the Gamblers. But uh, he's actually from Lethbridge, Alberta, and he hooked up with a, a couple guys, and they were uh, they did some uh, some hillbilly stuff. And uh, he decided he liked that kind of life, and decided he was going to become a a record star. So he moved down to Hollywood, uh, California, and uh, his his girlfriend 
was uh, a sister to Eddie Cochran's girlfriend. So he met Eddie Cochran, and they, they became pals. And Eddie showed him a bunch of licks. And uh, he cut a couple records uh, on in his own name. Uh, the, so this one came out on... Uh, was Eddie on, on Everest's recordings at all? Beg your pardon? Was Eddie on any of his recordings? Actually, yes. Um, but those were records, actually, uh, recordings uh, didn't get released. But they have been released on CD, uh, rare Eddie Cochran sessions. So there, this is from February 61. This is called Street Fight by Barry Weaver. Well, thanks so much for coming out to the Nardware to Human Serviette radio show, Eddie J, for Rarest of the Rare, number four, U.S. Rockabillies versus Canadian Rock and Rollers. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 seen a kid get wasted on a Saturday night All the cats were wailing in a, in a big street fight Fifteen studs were swinging chains What's the matter with you cats? Ain't you, ain't you got you no brains? Little, little Bobby Brown, he was just, just standing around when suddenly, suddenly I seen him, he was laying face to the ground. He got himself hit while he was cheering the boys. The chain stopped flying, and there wasn't a noise. Tires were screeching, cats were fleeing the scene. Red lights were flashing, sirens started to scream. I seen it from my car, I had my chicken on the side. Man, we was just going for, for a nice quiet ride. Little Bobby inside I was holding the tears Tears that I could not hide My girl started crying She was white with fright We better make it home Cause there'll be trouble tonight I, I woke up in the morning Gee, everything was alright My mom looked at me She said, son, you look a fright Phone up the doc, he said there's no such thing. Man, am I glad that it was all a dream. I'm 
Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Flaming Angels Boutique, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, Red Cat Records, The Regional Assembly of Text, RX Comics, Temple of the Modern Girl, and The Wallflower Modern Diner. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To learn more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus.